look around at this great city of ours, what do you see? I see a multitude of amazing people. Over the next hour, Bill Wilson will talk to some of these amazing people about topics that interest you and give you just what you need to kick off your week with a dang on the Mr. Murfreesboro Show. Good evening, everybody. This is Mr. Murfreesboro, also known as Bill Wilson. Welcome to the Mr. Murfreesboro Show. And we're here live in the studio at WGNS 1450 AM, 100.5 FM, or 101.9 FM Talk Radio. And I, we're in the studio tonight. I, I'm excited about tonight's show because this is somebody that uh, I admire, and, uh, even though I don't don't know anything about what he does he's he's kind of a legend around these parts um we're gonna get into it here in a minute but let me introduce my co-host uh kelsey williams how's it going hello so good so did you just get in from uh hiking i did i made the most of the day it was gorgeous gorgeous day to did hike you and mark or did y'all take the kids me mark and the little two kids josie and jack and then my father-in-law and my brother-in-law and so no, we went to Burgess Burgess, Burgess Falls. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> well, and uh, there was some football on today. Did y'all the Jaguars? They won last night. Um, who else won today? Well, there's a game going on right now. But I'm going to go ahead. We're going to get into this. Uh, who our guest is tonight? It's none other than Kim Hinton, who is a uh, Murfreesboro known architect and uh, he's known other parts too but um, he's also a winemaker he's an author I think he's a photographer uh, he does um, farming I think I'm learning no, stuff to, no, step no, up to the plate no, no farming <laughs> uh, but my wife and I own property where she, we keep her horses I'm married you know everybody when you're in grade school knows somebody that i remember martha sykes was the one i knew at campus school who was infatuated with horses had little horse bracelets oh, yeah. and all that oh, stuff yeah. and, and that's that's who i married i married <laughs> one of those people so we've had horses and in fact uh maryland had horses before i was around so it was kind of the deal and and we we love horses came first what horses came horses first came first she bought out of college she bought a car she bought a horse and then she bought a horse trailer <laughs> So that'll tell you. Well, I, I, I want to interject here. If you want to watch us live, we're live on Facebook at the Mr. Murfreesboro page. Um, we also may be taking some calls if uh, you want to call in and ask him some questions. The number is 615-893-1450. Let's get right into it. One thing we have in common, you know, we're both from Murfreesboro, the fact that we went to campus school, not together, you and me. Kim knows, um, went to school with Mitch, my older brother, and I, we were just out here talking. Of course, I was a little rug rat when Mitch was going to campus school, central school, because you did, went to Central High School. Didn't your family have one of the first convertibles? My dad probably did. Is it? <laughs> I remember he they collected. pulled up. It was so cool, and we walked out, and, and that was that Was, was it really a Jeep, cool. or was it a Cadillac? No, it was like a Cadillac or something. It was yeah. big. Yeah, but it was I'm sure Daddy Daddy collected cars growing up. We all he you never knew what he was going to drive home, <laughs> but uh, 
Mitch is Mitch is a special. There are these. There's this group that we started kind of first grade at campus school, and we've stayed in touch forever since 1960. Or some people joined campus school later, and and we still get together <clears throat> occasionally, and it's just wonderful. There's some of the finest people: Mitch, John Green, Buddy Meeks. Dwayne Fouts. Um, Dwayne Fouts. I don't know about that. No, I'm just kidding. Paula <laughs> do. I mean, just great folks at uh, campus school. You had Pally Jones, and you had little J- <clears throat> Jimmy Guest. Remember Jimmy? J.O. J-O, J-O Guest. Whose J-O father Guest. was a big to-do over at MTSU. Absolutely. Like, yeah. And he always reminded me of Mr. Magoo. You remember Mr. Magoo? <laughs> I used to call him Mr. Magoo. but anyway. <laughs> Kelsey chimed in, but campus school, what was it like? I, I want to know, number one. What was like growing up in Murfreesboro back in the 60s or whenever you grew up? And then what made you want to become a uh, architect? And might I say a uh, well-respected architect, uh, award-winning architect? Um, but anyway, I want to know, did you play with Lincoln Logs? Because when I was a kid, I loved Lincoln Logs, but I'm no architect. No, I didn't. Uh, well, I was born in Nashville, and my parents... Uh, moved to Murfreesboro. My dad got a job at teaching at MTSU. And this was in 1960. And uh, <clears throat> T. Earl. T. Earl. And, and what did I, he teach? I, I'm, I, he taught music education, and okay. I miss both of them terribly. Always will. But uh, they moved into. We moved into this new house out in this in the corn in a, a cattle field called Riverview. Near <clears throat> <laughs> Chip really? Barnhart and Buddy Miller lived nearby. And the Huddleston family was our next door neighbor, and you know, the, kind of the established people in Murfreesboro. So, but there was nothing out there, Big there were no trees yeah. or anything. I mean, it was just. In fact, our road to our house was a gravel road for like five years. Um, and I went to camp school, and you ask a good question about, or a tough question: Why did I become an architect? Really, I, I didn't think I'd be an architect. I thought I'd be a graphic designer. I really wanted to design cars, and motorcycles, and I used to draw these little depictions of little chopper motorcycles and stuff we had a mini bike at one time which was so fun and when i was in campus school they had they had a first of all they had marvelous teachers particularly miss snell who taught us uh snell's rules rules of english and all that stuff but uh the interesting thing is there was a class called shop class and it was two years the seventh and eighth grade and we worked in the basement in campus campus school went to seventh and eighth back then seventh and eighth yeah seventh and eighth and it was a two-year program. Harold Baldwin was a teacher. He was at MTSU, a great photographer, but he taught shop class. And we'd, we'd have one half of the year, we had electricity. The next half of the year, metal work. Then the next year, half of the year, woodworking. And then the final part was drafting. And he divided the class up in four sections to do this. The, but the, only the guys got to do this. You know, the That's girls, what I was fixing to ask. The girls went to, I don't cooking, know, finishing yeah. school or Sewing and cooking yep. and etiquette. Anyway, when I took drafting, it was really fun. It was just a blast because I like to draw stuff. And when I got into uh, high school, that continued. I had great teachers in high school and ended up um, thinking about I might go into graphic design. Graphic design. And because I really just, that just floated my boat. But I thought, well, I'll try architecture at UT and, and applied and got in and and it just kind of, I just kind of stayed with it, and it became it grew more on you. fun. 
Well, it's interesting. You know, when you go to college, and I tell people, so many people, I was a late bloomer. I, I didn't do well in high school. My <laughs> grades were kind of soggy. Uh, you know, I like that soggy. I think my ACT number was, you know, a minus three or something. Was it an eight? Because I think mine was. <laughs> it was. It was pathetic. And uh, yet when I got to UT, uh, it was a marvelous situation. And uh, and I just, just was, it's interesting. I, I had a hometown sweetheart, Murfreesboro. She went to MTSU and I was very faithful, you know, my freshman, right. sophomore year, which meant I really didn't party much at UT. I joined a fraternity, Sigma Chi. And, uh, but, uh, you know, we, I'd come home on the weekends to see her and everything, but I made, because I was, you know, kind of faithful and all that good stuff, I made really good grades. You and studied so all the, the time. third yeah. year, you know, a lot of people in college, they struggle the third and fourth year, you know, oh, they're yeah. trying to get their average up. Well, my average was already like a 3.9. I was smoking it. I was doing so well. So then you partied? What? <laughs> said, so then you partied? No, well, you really said did. smoked it. Okay. Well, but what happened is, you know, she ditched me when I was a sophomore. But what happened is then, and then college was a blast because I had made good grades and now I'm liking stuff and the fraternity life got more fun. And of course, you're dating girls and things are. It was it's Animal marvelous. House. Yeah. No, it wasn't Animal House. The Sigma Chi's were not Animal House. You know, House. David Letterman was a Sigma Chi. Well, we have a lot yeah. of guys yeah. that were. So, anyway, and I was in a high school fraternity called Delta Sig. They were the potheads, man. No, we weren't. We were, I was a five Sig. Mitch was a Spo. He was a, see, Spo, Spo, was, was, Spo was the classy group. But Delta Sig came along, and we had... We long had, hair? No. Y'all didn't have long Billy hair? Billy Pittard. Billy Pittard. Billy Pittard. And, and believe it or not, Ronnie Barrett was a Delta Sig. Ronnie Barrett, and he machine was in, gun. And he was in art class, my art class with Miss Craig in high school. And he was an incredibly good artist. I mean, I, I mean, I found something he drew one time that I'd had with me for, you know, forever since 1971. Right. And, and sent it to him, yeah. And, was he drawing artillery? Obviously. <laughs> Wade drove the gun, yeah. He, obviously, he's done very well. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, that group of folks uh, in high school was really fun. And, of course, so many lovely girls at Central High. We had our 50th anniversary, uh, 50th high school reunion. That was this past. It was this past June. It was really wonderful because um, they had a morning event where they brought in the class of 1971, particularly the football players, because they won the state championship. 70 or 70. The guy yeah. lived down the street from me, Buddy Miller, who was everything I'm not. He was big, strong, you know, masculine, big guy, and I'm this <laughs> yeah. shrimpy little guy, you know, making posters and stuff. Two teeth, and I'm just kidding. And he was the state, he was the center, and he became the state, you know, highest award for the He was... Uh, whatever you call it, center of the state of Tennessee. And, of course, we had uh, David Parsons, who we called Hollywood. I called him Preacher, Preacher Parsons. (laughs) Oh, and, you know, he was a quarterback. And it was a marvelous event. We talked a lot at that morning event about the unity at Central High. Uh, Everybody in the county went to one high school. And Mm. it was marvelous because everybody, rich, poor, black, white, ugly, Talented, what a beautiful everybody people, went like snobs, you know, jocks, Frats. whatever. What frats? Yep. And and so when I went to UT, I was ready for a big school. Of course, UT was a monster school, right? And uh, but as far as being around a whole lot of different people, 
it was a marvelous experience. And I remember when they split them up into Riverdale and Oakland. That's how long ago it was. That was 19, it 72. Yeah. 72, the last class of Central. Yeah. But mm. we, we, we kind of marveled at the experience of being in a school where everybody was there and you kind of found your own way and everybody pretty much got along. Yeah. It's a marvelous place. It's it's neat to me to the fact that uh, y'all still all, Mitch, that whole group stays together, or stays in touch. Yep. He and John Mack, I think Pat, uh, Pally Jones. Well, a, Robert Owen. Rock uh, Red. There's, there's a whole lot of people now. I got to mention the girls. The girls were lovely. The, <laughs> you know, the girls. Of course, you mentioned Pally Walker. Right. Uh, there was Susan Finley, uh, Gina Nunley, Jennifer Howard. Uh, Jenny Dismukes was my first girlfriend in the first grade. Jenny, are you listening? Although she didn't, she didn't, <laughs> she didn't like me. Arden Ritter, Gene uh, Ball, Gene, uh, um, Gina Nunley, and Joe McIntyre, Martha McElroy, Jody Kirkman. All these lovely girls were there, and and my my closest lifelong friend I met at uh, Central High, Debbie Tate, Debbie Taylor. I remember, she was Debbie I remember Taylor. Debbie Taylor. Well, Debbie. Uh, she was just a sparkle, and when she came to UT, I was two years ahead. So I met with her father, who was a colonel. He was a colonel, yeah. He was a colonel was a in the shot. National Guard, and he was getting ramped up to become a general. Right. Went to the War College in Washington. Well, one day he, 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 I was told to show up at Debbie's house because Colonel Taylor wanted to talk with me. Oh. And so, so did you have house, did you have any ulterior motives? Were you trying to make you know what I'm saying? No, 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 no. Okay, I'm listening. <laughs> I, I was dating the other girl. Okay. Like anyway, uh, Debbie's father sort of looked at me and said, "You know, Debbie's an only child, and you've been at UT. You will look after her." And I'm like, "Yes, sir, I will, I, I, Colonel Taylor. Yes, I will." Well, I kept thinking. I, She's got to go out with the coolest guy I knew, the coolest guy in the fraternity, the coolest guy I'd ever met. This guy named Bill Tate. Bill Tate. Bill Tate. He's like suave. He had lived in Paris the summer before. Oh, so, gosh. so he speaks French. He could yeah. dance like, you know, Fred Astaire, and he knew it. <laughs> and he was the coolest guy. And so I figured I'd just get those two together. We double dated. I get them together, and then I back away. Yeah. <laughs> and so, they, in fact, I had lunch with them today. And she it was made it home. Lunch. She made it home. Is that who did she end up marrying? Yes, yes. In fact, they have three uh, children, and um, they live in Atlanta or Bur- don't they live in Atlanta or Birmingham or uh, something? One of the the son, the middle son, lives in Atlanta. Okay, and that's her first grandchild. I, rem- I remember her because I had a sister named Debbie. Yeah, Debbie uh, Wilson, who uh, became an Elrod, who's a Miller now. But I'm not going to get into that, but uh, <laughs> she's a good she's a good one. But see, I remember Central High School from being a kid when mother sometimes would go pick up mitch and debbie at school right, and, right. and uh did they have many schools back then because when I, I went there at central middle school when it was a middle school and there were many schools no see they made when central closed this at high school they changed it into a middle school which i thought was really a mistake because it was you know for i think sixth seventh and eighth graders that's a big place for mm. kids that young uh, my mother mother taught there before she retired, and then afterwards, you know, this thing happened, becomes Central Magnet School. That's today. And yeah. I visited it several times, and we visited as part of this reunion last year, and it's extraordinary. It never looked that good. <laughs> it never looked that good. I mean, the, the science, you know, lab rooms look like something, you know, out of NASA. 
and uh, <laughs> and there's a, a ballet practice area with mirrors and all that stuff. It's fabulous. I mean, you you can't just go to school. Central Magnet is a it's like it. the number one school in the country for uh, education. I mean, for that, it, it's grade what seven, eight. I should know this. It's probably nine, ten. No, they no, they have a high school it's too. 10, 11 or 12. Yeah, they have a high, it's a high school. But when I was there, it was just seventh and eighth. And no, it was. Uh, now you've got to either test and you. You just don't go to school there. You've got to have like a 4.0. I'd have never I, I would have never gotten in. Gotten I always in. tell people I went to school when it was the dumb school. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> now, how do we get – and Kelsey, jump in here. You, if you got something you want to ask him because he really is – a. And he doesn't like me saying this, but he's really a legend when it comes to architecture. Uh, I'll wash your car, Bill. Have you been to the uh, – let's talk about some of the things that you've been – responsible or help build or where does it start with a, a concept let's talk about the uh and you know thurman well, mullins he's a good friend and well let me let me sort of go back in that uh the architectural education ut has a five-year program and when you get out your you, you have a bachelor of architecture degree and you have to work for three years before you can become a licensed architect like apprentice apprenticeship yeah you do okay. an apprenticeship for three years when i got out of college i worked for a firm in nashville that was growing leaps and bounds called gresham and smith they had all the work with hospital corporation of america and i mean they were just exploding in size and they had more than 100 people when i joined in the fall of 77 and I worked there, but I really wanted, and, and I had great opportunities there. You know, learned so much from the, the, the big organization, how they sort of do things. But I really wanted to see the Northwest, I mean the Northeast, because New York, Philadelphia, Boston, that's, big that's where the mm. architecture really happens. And so I thought about being hired there, made a trip up, but you know, I was in love with this girl uh, that I had started dating after I got out of UT. Uh, Marilyn and I didn't date. She went to UT, but we didn't date there. We, we kind of knew of her, but right. she would never go out with me. Anyway, um, but uh, we started dating after both of us were out of college. And so, uh, but I had this kind of dream that I really wanted to get a graduate degree, and I applied uh, to the University of Pennsylvania and got in. Uh, and that was a remarkable experience. Hold that right there. Okay. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking to our special guest, Kim Hitton, about the University of Pennsylvania and other things. We'll be right back. Drake's Barbershop began when local resident Robert Drake opened the business in 1972. Veteran Jason Rigney purchased the business in 2003, and this kept Drake's Barbershop a staple here in Murfreesboro. Jason has kept the legacy alive. Veterans receive a discount for haircuts. You can follow them on their Facebook page at Drake's Barbershop. Old Stone Fort Golf Course is the place for you to get away for the day to play golf. Located right next to the beautiful Duck River and only five minutes from I-24. Whether you're a beginner or avid golfer, Old Stone Fort Golf Course is ideal for you. Golf carts are available and there is a golf shop. You can play nine holes for $9 and kids 12 and under play for free. They are located at 1017 Country Club Lane in Manchester, Tennessee. You can call for a tee time at 931-954-0366. You can also follow Old Stone Fort Golf Course on Facebook. 
Hey, it's Bill. Did you know I also sell for Parks Real Estate? Meredith Thomas and I make up the Thomas Wilson team. We have over 25 years of real estate experience and have helped nearly 1,000 families buy and sell real estate here in Murfreesboro, Rutherford County, and Middle Tennessee. Why not choose us to help you and your family with all your real estate needs? Give us a call at 615-406-5872 or 615-896-4040 or you can follow me at Mr. Murfreesboro on Facebook or Instagram. Curve them, crack them, or bend them. We can mend them. Come by Wheelworks, located 516 South Church Street. For a free estimate, we also sell performance and passenger tires, as well as aftermarket and factory wheels. We also install lift kits, and we've been sponsoring and serving this community for 15 years. Come see us at Wheelworks at 516 South Church Street, or give us a call at 615-849-3848. Rhonda McCrary has been in the mortgage business for 29 years. She was voted as a favorite mortgage loan officer in the 2018 and 2019 DJ Ruthie Awards, and she's a proud member of the Middle Tennessee State University 1989 graduating class. She specializes in all types of mortgage products and takes pride in going the extra mile and personally taking care of her customers. You can visit her at 1639 Medical Center Parkway, Suite 203 here in Murfreesboro. Reach her by phone, 615-419-9193, or even apply online at loansbyrhonda.com. Welcome back to the Mr. Murfreesboro Show. This is Bill Wilson, also known as Mr. Murfreesboro, and joined in the studio with my co-host Kelsey Williams. And our guest tonight is none other than Kim Hinton. Um, and we're, we're talking about, we just left off where you were going to the University of Pennsylvania. The reason you wanted to go up there was because all the architecture, well, well you know, cities and all the, that stuff. The, the you know the leading architects tend to be in the larger cities and particularly in New York and and the people that I really followed in the architectural journals that's where they were I had won a competition uh, an international competition while I was at Gresham Smith it had nothing to do with the firm but I entered this competition in Japan and I used the Murfreesboro Courthouse, the Rutherford County Courthouse, as the basis of a, de- of a hypothetical design. Hmm. And it won first place. And I won a million yen. Now, so how, mu- what is, how much is that? In- at the time, $5,000. Or when you're, you know, in That's, 1979, $5,000 was a lot of money. So it, that, did a lot of money. that allowed me to, um, to then uh, pay the tuition at Penn. Uh, of course, going to Penn was completely different because, you know, I was in Philadelphia. And, and before I went, I thought, well, you know, I'm reasonably cultured. <laughs> I have a cosmopolitan accent, right? You know, oh, my gosh, <laughs> the first month was a leveling because people say, you know, say that y'all thing again. Say y'all. And, listen, listen to him talk. And they just made fun of the Southerners all the time. Mm. I dealt with that the entire time I was there. Although I had real close friends, but you know they had this impression of the South. And after I was there for years, a year and a half or so, I, I would tell them, "That's right. Don't come down here. You stay in Philadelphia with your high taxes and everything, and your snobby attitudes and your rudeness. Stay up there." Actually, actually I had great friends there. But uh, so I went to Penn, and then I finished my degree in in Paris at the Ecole de Beaux Arts, which is you know, Paris. Paris, Paris. and lived there and tried to learn French, never really did, but had, 
just the experience of a lifetime. Would you just learn the cuss words? Is that what we did? Is you you, don't, you weren't that type. Just wanted to know the cuss I, words. I, I tried to be very <laughs> okay. Go ahead. And how I'm long sorry. were you in Paris? I was there for uh, four months, and that finished my degree. And I came home for the girl. I came back from Maryland. She was uh, in Nashville, and we got married right after I got back. <laughs> right when you got back. Yeah. So wow. how inspiring was all the architecture over in what? Paris? How inspiring was the architecture in It was It Europe? was absolutely fabulous. And while I was at Penn, I worked for a firm called Venturi Scott Brown. And at the time, they were one of the leading firms in the nation. Their office was in Philadelphia. And they were so kind to me. And, and I basically worked as a grunt in the office. Even though I was already a registered architect before I went to graduate school, which is kind of unusual but i just wanted the advanced degree and i wanted the i wanted the exposure to other people and and so i got that in philadelphia and then in in paris wow who founded mm-hmm. pennsylvania it was somebody was it ben it's not benjamin franklin i was gonna say ben franklin yeah yeah, yeah. Well, incredible place and if you've never been there the campus is astonishing place and you know that's where wharton is uh, the business school and i snuck into a couple of wharton classes because uh they wanted they wanted graduate students that were not in the MBA program to be in the classes classroom because they'd ask questions. And I was kind of like the ringer, you know, <laughs> they would be real estate <laughs> investment class and they would say something. Okay, Mr. You know, graduate student in architecture, what do you think about that? And, and, and you would uh, unload on them. Wouldn't yeah, you? it was, but I just had to pass. It was a pass fail. <laughs> Past felt that's the best type. Right? It is the best type. Uh, what, what about who are some of your influences? What about Frank Lloyd Wright? And uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about gen, what's it called gentrification, all that stuff that's going on. We don't have to talk about that. But what, what's your thoughts on Frank Lloyd Wright? Was he the influence you? He, there are some people that influenced you, some architects or buildings or whatever. I was more influ- when I went to the University of Tennessee. I was much more influenced by Corbusier, like Corbusier, who's a, a, a Swiss designer, um, very much a modernist, and uh, other architects, Michael uh, Graves and Richard Meyer in the Northeast, uh, and then Carlos Scarpa, who's an architect in uh, Italy. So I was kind of modern, beautiful crafting of modern structures. And when I worked in Venturi's office, he had more uh, approach called manneristic design and he would say you know you really got to respond to people's needs and kind of the things that make really really float their boat there was an architect uh, that one time said less is more uh, that you should have less design less is more well venturi wrote a very famous book and he said less is a bore <laughs> less is a bore less is a bore <laughs> and and he meant it because uh, architecture can be crafted and so i was just really inspired by that he brought symbolism to architecture. He brought storytelling, uh, unique forms, uh, populist forms. And it made, I, I don't know, it made my education really com- completely different. Frankly, right, it's certainly an incredible architect. But these others were, I think, more influential right. in my career. And, and I should mention my business partner, I started, we started a firm in 1984, Sieb Tuck, was an Auburn graduate incredibly talented artist and he was really influenced by frank lloyd wright and right. bruce goff and uh, other architects were doing kind of what they would call uh more naturalistic line. design and curves and free-flowing and Sieb was just he was unbelievably talented and you know both of us worked at gresham and smith 
after I got married and we, we were working there and we decided we just need to go out on our own and try it. And so we started the firm in 84 uh, in, you know, a little two-room space. In, Na- in Nashville? It was in uh, Brentwood. In Brentwood. In, in Maryland Farms. And we had the best clients very quickly, particularly a guy named Nelson Andrews, who's a legend in Nashville. He started so many groups like Leadership Nashville and, and the Community Foundation. Nelson started those things. And he hired us to do this apartment complex on, north of downtown Nashville and it had this metal shed that was 900 feet long and he, we were thinking about tearing it down Dickerson I'm just kidding <laughs> and what happened is we approached him and said you know instead of tearing it down which is going to be really difficult because right. of property lines we said why don't you just put a new roof on it take off the walls and make covered parking for an apartment complex well you, you know if you had an apartment out of college you never had covered parking and yeah, so and all the units thing. would be on the riverside with beautiful view well that project called riverfront apartments won all kinds of awards and all of a sudden we were being published around the world i mean <laughs> I, that project Boom. it was that quick that project was in uh two italian magazines a french magazine uh, oh Japanese, my gosh and and all of a sudden we had kind of this credibility you're and, on the map uh, well we're kind of on the map but and then we gave a lecture at the architectural league of new york that was really fun we were asked to come up and speak in new york and gave a presentation of our work and you know and of course we just we loved what we do and we and i still do and uh and it was just a marvelous career now seb and i were together for 35 years in 2019 he really wanted to retire and i didn't want to we were having a buyout with younger owners and so uh and i didn't want to be the, the old guy that's got 10 percent in the firm wandering around you know what do i do what do i do <laughs> and so we both left at the same time in january of 2019 and uh so i'm now on my own and uh absolutely loving it well, that, what you were talking about, that parking garage, y'all got awards and stuff because you took that building and turned it into a park. You recycled. Yes, basically. Absolutely. And it, it is, and I think most buildings can be recycled. Uh, a wise person once mentioned that a building takes an enormous amount of energy to build. And so a building, a structure, particularly, you know, the famous structures, it's embodied energy. There's so much energy put into it, and to just tear it down, it's just sometimes it's just I regret that every time I see it happen. And it's happened a lot mm-hmm. here. It does happen I sit on the here. board for the Rutherford County Historical Society, and just I've always loved history. I don't know why, but I've always loved history. Well, and you know, it, it, it gives you roots. It gives you yeah. roots. When I come back and I drive up and down Main Street, I always drive by Central, I always drive by Campus School, I drive over the university where my dad taught. Uh, I got to design two projects at, at MTSU, and, and the one we had the most fun with was the uh, Sports Hall of Fame building. Yeah, y'all, the uh, Kenan Smith. Ken, yeah, Sports Hall of Mr. Fame. Mr. Kenan. Kenan. Uh, and it's a small building, but so much fun to do. And of course, I got to meet all those, you know, all the, uh, see all the records of the sports stars that right. I knew, you know, Jimmy Earl and right. all those stars right. here and coaches. Have you ever done a deal? Have you ever done something that – what's harder? Are there certain things I, – I, I went through your, like, portfolio. 
you've mainly done a lot of buildings, but you've also done some residential stuff. Well, um, what's easier? Do you you think? know, the the people will ask, well, you know, what type of architecture do you do? And I'll say, I, I, I love to design anything. Uh, so um, we did do residential projects, some of which were also published internationally. Uh, Edwin Keeble was the most famous architect in Nashville. He designed the LNC Tower, which at when it was built in the 1950s was the tallest building in the southeast United States. Hmm. It was taller than anything in Atlanta. That's right. And he did many homes. And we got a chance to renovate two of his homes and kind of expand them. And, you know, our touch was very respectful, but we were expanding these homes. Uh, Sieb did the wildest home two of the wildest homes in Nashville. One was called for, for Richard and Ronda Small. It's on Chickering Road, and people either love it or hate it. It looks like two white triangles, and it's got the upside-down black cone that was a private office for him. Um, and, and, you know, and, and, and it looks like a museum piece. I'm drawing a little sketch of it So here. it looks like a doorstopper kind of thing. Well, huh? it's got little round windows. Uh, Richard loved to entertain, and so we did these round windows like champagne bubbles. And his office is a little space like this, and that that's the building you'll see from Chickering Road. It's, it's on Chickering? Wow. Chickering Road, right, bef- right before Chickering ends at uh, Old Hickory Boulevard, out near that golf course. Yeah. What? So we did, we did homes, and then – but we – we really wanted to, when we started we thought we will really be successful if we can do the buildings that provide the most emotion and uh and kind of excitement and and memory and that would be museums cultural facilities churches yeah uh and then memorials and so uh you know our interest in that kind of you know it's kind of like you get into things you just find so much information um i was asked to delve into some issues about this park that they were going to build north of the state capitol for the uh, tennessee's bicentennial and just it was it was incredible project people really didn't know what it was and then they said it's going to be the bicentennial mall well i got a packet a, a box one time uh, mailed to the office, and it had a catalog in it for escalators. And they said, <laughs> you know, this this is for your bicentennial mall. And it's like, no, this mall is from the original meaning of the mall, which means a long, long, continuous facing yeah. uh, the state capitol. Of course, it gave this grand view of William Strickland's masterpiece, our state capitol, which he designed in 1845 and was finished in 18. 18- 54 and then later in 1859 and, and strickland died while the project was being built and he's buried in the uh, underneath it he's buried in the in a side vault in the building actually there's another person that the person that ran the project samuel morgan is also buried hmm. in it so as we got into that project the all the symbolism of tennessee the rich symbolism uh, our state is so beautiful and if you look at a map of tennessee You'll notice that the the east and west ends are defined by nature. They're yeah. the mountains and Mississippi, but the north and west lines are are property lines. And it's like someone asked God, "Cut me out a slice of America, like a pizza slice, <laughs> and I want everything in it oh, yeah. that I can get in the eastern part of the United States." And that's what we have. Uh, of course, we have the three stars, the three divisions. So we base the design of the park 
on the land, the people, and the music of Tennessee. And the music, we also called around the nation. I called around the world some yeah. friends that I met in graduate school. You know, what do you think of Tennessee? And they almost always said the same thing, Elvis. Elvis? And, and, and country music. Uh, but the musical heritage here that I'd learned from my father and everything is, is, is very deep. It expands way beyond country music and other music forms. And so part of when I presented the scheme to sort of the state officials, I said, we need to have a musical instrument in this park. And that's where you see the towers that have the bells in them. It's a 95-bell carillon. And, and, in fact, one of the guys I was presenting said, what's a carillon? I said, well, it's bells, usually in a tower in a church. Right. But here we're going to locate them in 50 columns, 50 states in the nation, and 95 bells because we have 95 counties. Right. And on Capitol Hill, we proposed a what's called an answer bell because the, these things ring out at the mall and it's kind of like the voices of the people are speaking and you want it to be answered on capitol hill like we hear you oh, and so nice. we thought about that and so the, the biggest bell in nashville is a five foot diameter bell that is on the side of capitol hill that i got designed with the incredible artist who spent many years in paris paul Harmon. Uh, he's a graphic artist uh, painter extraordinarily gifted and he helped do some renditions uh of the different types of music on the base of this tower uh that was so much fun but probably most meaningful project in my career was the tennessee world war ii memorial because the mall was being built and it was going to provide a flat area you know a green right. area nobody knew what was going to be around it you know later the state museum showed up which we didn't design, and the State Library and Archives showed up, which is the biggest thing I'll ever design. It's a right. $124 million project. Mm. Uh, but the mall was just really a long lawn of, of grass, and we had to infuse it with with information to make it an outdoor museum because at the time there was nothing out there. I mean, if you just had a lawn and trees, I mean, that would be nice for the neighbors, but nobody's going to come see it. So that's why we did the big map of the state, we did the rivers of the state. You know, how many rivers are there in Tennessee? There's a bunch. Ooh. Well, you know what the answer is? It depends on who you ask. <laughs> That's true. Because if you ask the it's, Corps of Engineers, they oh, will yeah. say, you're a navigable waterway. You're all barges and big boats. <laughs> yeah. You've got to be able to turn ask, around. Yes, environment conservation, they'll say, well, every mm. little stream is important with the little critters. Mm. Right. But the answer is really 31, same number of flavors with Baskin Robbins. 31 rivers. 31 major rivers. And so each river has a, a, a fountain with it that, that comes up. And, of course, the kids go nuts with these <laughs> Part of the reason Murfreesboro was the state capital in the 1820s. That's right. Part of the reason we did not become the state capital, they couldn't maneuver around Stones River. Because so you right. think about the Cumberland River dumps into the Ohio River, which dumps in, I think, to the Mississippi. That's right. Your it's geography's easier, good. It's easier to maneuver the Cumberland River than it is. Stones River, you can go out some days and walk. I mean, I take my kayak out yeah. in Stones River. So I'll tell you stuff. another thing that's interesting about Nashville that I when I talk about the Bicentennial Mall is that uh, when the settlers came from the east, uh, they came to that area because that area had a large natural spring that had salt outcroppings. It was called Sulphur Spring, or the French Lick was, was also called that. And that had attracted animals forever. 
and it had attracted the Indians. The, the Indians weren't in that area at the time, but this little stream that had this big flowing uh, spring with salt deposits, you know, salt was so valuable yeah. for the early settlers. And then beside it, you had this big bluff overlooking, so you could be up high and protected, but then you could go down and get the salt and the fresh water and everything. So people would say, where, why is Nashville where it is? It's because of that spring. Salt, yeah. And, of course, the bluff overlook. And then, you know, the wharf allowed people to use the steamships to come in and load a lot of gear on First Avenue and right stuff. There. Yeah. But that history to me has always been so much fun to kind of share and, 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 and present it in architectural elements, in memorials. And it's just a – it's a real privilege to show people how unique our state and our and Nashville is, and and Murfreesboro is certainly included yeah. in that. Has, what do you think mm-hmm. the way it's grown? Say Murfreesboro, Nashville. The last the last twenty years, Nashville's just it's unreal. It used, I mean, it's just well, we talk about the glassification of Nashville. That uh, you know, the, I should have invested in reflective glass. I'd now be in the Bahamas. I mean, I like both of you, but I'd be in the Bahamas. But but there, there there's much to be said about that, you know. And I I don't really I don't like criticizing other architects' work because everybody enjoys their craft and they try right. their best. But there are some buildings that have popped up in Nashville that are just you know just pretty dog ugly. Yeah. Uh, many of the towers the towers are are very interesting. Uh, but when they tear down something, you know, and, and they change kind of the fabric of the downtown, you drive through it, you don't know where you are. Yeah. Right. You know, wait a minute, is this, is this where I used to go? And, right. And we've saved this square in Murfreesboro, or you guys have. Yeah. You, the citizens of Rutherford County have. And I'm so proud of that. You know, it's just uh, that square just gives me goosebumps. Norman Rockwell reminds me of a Norman Rockwell yeah. picture. Absolutely. Right. Well, what do you think we go from here? Do you think, and I didn't mean, you know, as far as the gentrification, we're not going to get into that, but there's a lot of that going on where people are coming in, investors or whatever, and they're buying these older homes, tearing them down, and then building these. Well, the, you know. I it, mean, if you want to elaborate, you can. If not, that's fine. Well, too. it's happening. Uh, it's happening because of the real estate is so valuable and zoning codes kind of allow it. And so you have these things called tall skinnies. Tall skinnies. Tall skinnies. That's kind of the buzzword in Nashville for uh, these homes that are maybe three stories tall. They're not very wide. And sometimes they're built beside a house that was built, you know, in 1910. Right. uh, Kind of a beautiful little cottage that has a porch Mm -hmm. around the front of it. You know what I'm talking about. And they they don't fit. Mm -mm. And because of that, people have, uh, the citizens of Nashville have established these historic overlays so that you cannot do that in certain parts where the history of the architecture of the area of a street like Richland Avenue, Central Avenue, and places in East Nashville are protected so those things don't happen. But, you know, it's to each his own. Some of the tall skinnies I like, but but some of them just don't seem to fit. Right. And more importantly, though, I worry much more about all the apartments that are being built in Nashville because that's only making the landlord rich. And the, the ability of investor in a home provides generational wealth, and that's, not a, that's becoming very hard to get in Nashville. It is. 
It is. And that's, that, that bothers me a lot. These apartment complexes, they're all over the place, and the money may— They're here, too. Yeah, here. Well, and, and the money may be here, or it may go to somebody— where would y'all go? Where would y'all go to listen to music back in high school? Did y'all have a? Uh, oh where would goodness. you go to uh, municipal? Oh yeah. And the what great... do you think? What do you think about the amphitheater? that's coming to town. What's your thoughts on that? Did you know that's coming? Amphitheater. The one here? Yeah, the one here. Yeah, I've heard about it. Sounds wonderful. The uh, we went to municipal auditorium for the major concerts. You know, like Chicago and. Um, yeah, the Rolling Stones played in municipal auditorium. That was pretty cool. Uh, and, of course, the acoustics were just, gosh, awful in municipal auditorium. And then there was Exit Inn, which just got place, and, Yeah, it just and, got. And Bluebird Cafe. And there were other Bluebird. places like that. Thank the Lord they saved the Ryman. Oh, my oh, Lord. Oh, boy. Which was really a church at one time, right? It was a tabernacle. Yeah, it was a church. And then it became well-known because of the Grand Ole Opry played there. But they were going to tear it down. Oh, yeah. I mean. In the 1980s, they were going to take it down because they'd built Opryland and they'd built, well, they'd built the Opry House. That's right. Where the Grand Ole Opry moved out, you know, out away from the city. So they were going to tear down the old building. And that started historic Nashville and other groups to really Come dig together. in and say, yeah. we got to keep this. And to think that they were going to tear this thing down is absolutely crazy. The only thing recently that I've had a real heartache with is uh, the, the development called Fifth and Broad, which is at the it's at the corner of Fifth and Broadway. Big development, which is wonderful, is where they redeveloped the old convention center when the new convention center, the Monster, was built. And, and my business partner, Steve Tuck, was one of the key designers right. of the convention center. I, I had very little to do with it. Anyway, when the new convention centers opened, they were going to tear down the old convention center. And uh, we found out sort of late in the game that they were going to build right against the street, right against the Ryman Auditorium. And we wanted them to build a, a, a plaza so that you could step back, really kind of see Take the grandeur in. of the building. Mm-hmm. And that would have made the one of the best civic spaces in the world. And the developer just didn't want to do it. And at the time, the mayor's office was like, you know, he could, and then Megan Barry got involved, and she didn't want to do it. And you know, Megan got in trouble. Yeah, you know, our yeah, our mayor got in a lot of trouble. She got in so uh, they did, they didn't do the plaza, and you know, the development is it's great for Nashville, you know, and it's big, but it could have been it could have been better. Could have delivered a beautiful place, and I think that's the major the major civic blunder of the 20th century. In Nashville architecture, or Nashville urban design, I have, hmm. and and I, I wish that hadn't happened. Wow! But um, you know, it did. So, is there is there anything that you have in your? He he's been doodling this whole time, y'all. It's so cool. He's like, he, stuff. Just, he can't put the pen down. Um, so, do you have a, a little book of things and ideas? Is there anything you haven't done yet that you really want to do? Good question. Great question. Well. Uh, I've been so fortunate to work on some projects that are really hard for people to understand what they should be. Bill King approached me one time. He's a very successful uh, business person in Nashville, and he wanted to do a space in the public library downtown to recognize the civil rights movement in Nashville. He's from, like, you know, he's not from Nashville. He came to Vanderbilt on a scholarship, and he became very wealthy, and he wanted to do a special. So 
I helped envision for him a room about the civil rights movement. Of course, we're talking about Martin Luther King. Right. His statement is the major statement about that he came to Nashville not to teach but to learn about the great movement in Nashville because, you know, Nashville integrated uh, early on without much violence. And, of course, that didn't happen in uh, Alabama and Mississippi. Other places, yeah. And so that room has been there since 2003. Well, then a few years ago, a, a Murfreesboro native, Margaret Bim, who uh, is a well-known attorney in Nashville, and she went to Central High, and okay. I sang with her two sisters in church choir, <laughs> Harriet and Charlotte. And Margaret Bim, with two other very strong women, approached me and said, we want to recognize what happened with the, uh, with the passage of the 19th Amendment that gave women the right to vote. Now, that... The hundredth anniversary of that was going to be yeah. was going to be August the eighteenth, twenty twenty. Right. And so we started a few years earlier, and and it was completed while COVID was going on. But it was a, I thought it turned out very nicely. It's a, it's a room that has a lot of electronics and graphic displays and cartoons because you know that the suffrage movement passed at the state capitol when the House of Representatives. It was the 36th state right. to pass it, and all of a sudden became national law. You know, it, it was either yellow roses or red roses. Yellow. Yellow was to pass it. What? Yellow was to. Yellow was to pass And it. somebody's legislature's mom called him and, and told him, "Hey, you better do this or don't come home." But, <laughs> no, he was hey. he was from uh, East Tennessee, and yeah. his mother had sent him a letter saying. Please do this. Do and this. he changed his vote yeah. at the last moment oh. and yeah. freaked out everybody. That's right. <laughs> they didn't think it would pass. Hey, you've been listening to Kim Hinton in the Mr. Murfreesboro Show. We'll be right back. Drake's Barbershop began when local resident Robert Drake opened the business in 1972. Veteran Jason Rigney purchased the business in 2003, and this kept Drake's Barbershop a staple here in Murfreesboro. Jason has kept the legacy alive. Veterans receive a discount for haircuts. You can follow them on their Facebook page at Drake's Barbershop. Old Stone Fort Golf Course is the place for you to get away for the day to play golf. Located right next to the beautiful Duck River and only five minutes from I-24. Whether you're a beginner or avid golfer, Old Stone Fort Golf Course is ideal for you. Golf carts are available and there is a golf shop. You can play nine holes for $9 and kids 12 and under play for free. They are located at 1017 Country Club Lane in Manchester, Tennessee. You can call for a tee time at 931-954-0366. You can also follow Old Stone Fort Golf Course on Facebook. Hey, it's Bill. Did you know I also sell for parts real estate? Meredith Thomas and I make up the Thomas Wilson team. We have over 25 years of real estate experience and have helped nearly 1,000 families buy and sell real estate here in Murfreesboro, Rutherford County, and Middle Tennessee. Why not choose us to help you and your family with all your real estate needs? Give us a call at 615-406-5872 or 615-896-4040. Or you can follow me at Mr. Murfreesboro on Facebook or Instagram. Curve them, crack them, or bend them. We can mend them. Come by Wheelworks, located 516 South Church Street. For a free estimate, we also sell performance and passenger tires, as well as aftermarket and factory wheels. We also install lift kits, and we've been sponsoring and serving this community for 15 years. Come see us at Wheelworks at 516 South Church Street, or give us a call at 615-849-3848.
Rhonda McCreary has been in the mortgage business for 29 years. She was voted as a favorite mortgage loan officer in the 2018 and 2019 DJ Ruthie Awards, and she's a proud member of the Middle Tennessee State University 1989 graduating class. She specializes in all types of mortgage products and takes pride in going the extra mile and personally taking care of her customers. You can visit her at 1639 Medical Center Parkway, Suite 203 here in Murfreesboro. Reach her by phone, 615-419-9193, or even apply online at loansbyronda.com. Welcome back to the Mr. Murfreesboro Show. This has been a treat. This has been a real treat. And uh, we've been in the, joining the studio with Kim Hinton, who's from Murfreesboro. Who's, he's an author. He's a winemaker. He's a, well, he's a husband. He's a father. I'm saying you're probably a grandfather. And no, a, no. No. No, no, We have a son who's uh, 33, and he lives in, he lives in Cambridge, Mass., uh, my dad had a Ph.D. in music education. Okay? T. Earl Hinton. At, and my son has a Ph.D. from Carnegie Mellon in biomedical engineering. And I'm kind of the loser in the middle. <laughs> uh, you know. So that's why that's, when I gave you my card, that's why it says I'm not a Ph.D., I'm a K.H.D. Oh, And, and like that's it. kind of a long joke in that. But, but T.J., <laughs> also my name was K.I.M. when I was in grade school. And I had it changed when I got to high school because when I was in eighth grade, a boy named Sue came out, and that was my story. <laughs> and I got, I got sick of it. Like, you cannot believe. Because, because K-I-M, people think, oh, that's a girl's name. I think name. it's a girl. Yeah. Listen, uh, in sixth grade, all my guy friends, like Dwayne, Buddy Meeks, we, they all got a little blue box, and it had deodorant and shaving cream and razors, okay? I got the got pink box. <laughs> You know, it's in the pink box. Oh, God. Girl things. Girl you don't things. want to know about products. You don't want to know about. And I was just so mad. So I changed it when I was in high school, and and now it just confuses people. But uh, is that chaotic? When 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 TJ was born, I'm like, he's gonna have. He's gonna be named after both of his grandfathers, Thomas James. You know, there's there's like steel, strong, (laughs) (laughs) and he's a great kid, and he's done really well. Which Marilyn and I are so proud of him, and uh, uh, we're we're so fortunate. Just life has been grand. Yeah. Well, I just want to thank you for coming on the show. We we didn't get to cover. If you want to hear about history, I mean this. This dude's the expert. I mean, he knows. You really do want me to wash your car. Yeah, man. But they just got back. You had a trip to Jerusalem that was. uh, Where can people watch that? Is it on Facebook or. uh, Well, I don't know. You Uh, did it at church today. I do presentations at at civic clubs and at uh, religious, you know, at churches, synagogues, whatever, uh, about the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. I visited it a decade ago. It's a fascinating place, and it's in the news right now. I mean, the, uh, the conflict between the Jews, the Muslims, the Christians, all that stuff. I mean, it is really serious, but we hope have a hopeful resolution. So I give a presentation, try try to show people what was the Temple Mount, what, what, what is it, it like? now. Yeah. And my trip there was extraordinary. It was just un- unbelievable. Mm, unbelievable. I learned so much and, and developed new friendships, you know, that I still, we still email people in, in Jerusalem. All around the world, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. And you'd like to be involved in a chapel. You, yeah, you asked a good question. Um, 
you know, what have you left to design? Of course, the, the best project is the next one. And, and, you know, you have your kind of favorites. Uh, uh, as I mentioned earlier, the World War II Memorial was the most important probably project in my career because I was working with veterans from World War II. They are all gone. And Harriet Howard was a wave. She was on the committee, and she was a battle axe. And she was marvelous. She was in my face all the time. And then we became best friends. And she did a lot of stuff at the VA hospital here. Right. Uh, and Enoch Stevenson and I flew to Normandy, and he had not been back. And he was a fighter pilot that flew over Normandy on D-Day. And there was no no problems with the, with the German they the Luftwaffe was almost destroyed so he flies over Normandy in a p-52 I think and he radios back and says there's nobody in there and they say okay we'll just fly around and shoot up stuff and then fly back <laughs> so that's what they did and that's what he did and in 1997 he and I and a couple of people went to Normandy the people in Normandy France gave money to the Tennessee World War II Memorial Huh. Isn't that wild? It's because they they're all thankful. are so grateful yeah, in that part thankful. of France. Mm. And we're not very meaningful, and they're all gone. And that's very sad to me. Yeah. Especially General, uh, especially Senator Douglas Henry. Mm. I remember, was, yeah. There's not a lot of the World War II veterans. There, I mean, I don't know how many there's left. There's not many. My father-in-law fought in the Pacific. My dad did not. He joined the Army after the war. But my father-in-law, uh, James Mabry, fought in the Pacific Theater, and his stories, he, he passed away a few years ago, but his stories were chilling. My great-great-uncle, Will Jellicorse, was a doughboy and fought for General John Pershing in the oh, Oregon well, Force. He picked up a German helmet off like he was a dead soldier. I, I mean, I have it now, but it's, it, it has a little ding in it, and uh, mm. it's kind of eerie, but, uh, you know, yeah, we need to, to keep it that? together. Is there anything else you want well, to cover? We want, want you to come back sometime. I, I just want to say that, uh, first of all, thank you for having me here. I, uh, I, I heard one time on a show that the key to happiness is uh, gratitude. And uh, that, for me, is really true. I had great teachers. I had a great upbringing. I had fabulous parents, marvelous friends that I still cherish, living in this beautiful town. And uh, I just... You know, the teachers, Oma McNabb, had taught me geometry, and Miss Sublet taught me chemistry, and Gene Craig, who taught me art. Right. They were the best of the best. Attitude of gratitude. That's right. Thank you so much, Kim. God thank bless you. For you having me here. Kelsey, thank you. Jackson, thank you. Yeah. Thanks, thank everybody, you. for tuning in to the Mr. Murfreesboro Show. We'll be back next week. Go out and do something nice for somebody. God bless you.